So today we have Stephen. I can touch you now. <laughs> that was a weird choice. Starting out strong. Yeah, and Susan. I don't know how to follow that. Nobody ever does. It's fine. That's that. That's just part of it. Hey, everybody. Yeah, that that was a choice of a quote. There was zero pre-planning or forethought. As you were saying, today we are here with, I was thinking, oh, crap, what am I going to say? And my mind cycled through about five different options, and that's what I landed on in, in the span of, like, six seconds. It was it just looked so calm, and then all of a sudden that like came out. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I was having a one-on-one, which is corporate speak for just a phone call with a mentor of mine, HR exec, who I know at my company. And we were on video and we were talking and the whole thing. And midway through, he goes, you know, I got to ask, I see that Harry Potter poster behind you. So are you a fan? Like, what's like, what's the story there? So I gave him like the super, super cliff notes version and I mentioned that like I do a couple podcasts. He goes, oh, like send those over. Like, I'd love to listen just, you know, to understand kind of what you do with your free time more. And I sent it over. And now I'm thinking <laughs> one of the things that this objectively important person who I respect a ton, person who I have so much time for, um, person who has shaped my career, uh, if he listens, is going to be me going, ah! it's just not <laughs> – it's not really uh, what I'm going for at the workplace, but here we are nonetheless. Here we are. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk less about me. Susan, I'm curious to start. I know the answer, as do about 5,900 other people out there in the world. But why don't you tell us your Hogwarts house, your favorite character, and what's a fun one we haven't done in a while? How about, no, Danny, not your Patronus. I see you dying to chime in. Uh, favorite house, or sorry, not favorite house. Well, I suppose it is your favorite. Your house, your favorite character. And how about your second most favorite professor? My second? Okay. my I'm a Hufflepuff. And um, at first when I got sorted, I think like some people were like, oh, Hufflepuff. But then when you read it, I am a Hufflepuff and I am a proud Hufflepuff. I just love everything about it. Um, Loyal and just even like the little things like when they like I love plants and I love baking and I love all of it. But um, yeah, my what was my my second favorite professor? Oh, man, I know my first. Um, but that's the fun of it. Because everybody knows their first. What's I'll say your McGon- second? McGonagall's my second. She's so cool. Can and I- your your overall favorite character? My overall favorite character. I like the Weasley twins. Do I have to pick one? Uh, no, you don't. Okay. In fact, 
I was mentioning, oh Jesus, we're really going here this early. I was mentioning on Amy uh, Witherwing's Where's Big Fat Lanyard's Pop Shop Live the other day. Somehow characters came. I'm not sure how the question came up necessarily, um, but there's a friend of ours who shall remain nameless for uh, her own uh, embarrassment sake. I know where you're going. Who has said many a times that one of her greatest wishes as it relates to the wizarding world is to be uh, in a coital tryst with the Weasley twins. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's that. That's fun. Welcome I, to the podcast. I wouldn't go there with it, but they are my favorite characters. <laughs> Man, let's start out strong for Steve. <laughs> I just like to say Coital Trist is a very That's my new favorite like way to describe it. That's like a very nice way to describe it too. It's not vulgar. It's not crude. It's it almost kind of has like this nice little like magical whimsy to it. Yeah. Uh, so just I'm just saying for all for all those out there who always expect the worst from me and the lowest common denominator of jokes. We'll just throw uh, that out there next. Yes, we will. So where, Susan, does your Potter journey begin? Actually, I've only gotten into Potter about six years ago. Um my husband read the books. I tried to watch it, but I was one of those people in high school where I was really afraid to show like how geeky I really was. Um, I got into like Lord of the Rings and things like that first. And I had a cousin who was into Harry Potter, but we weren't close. So I didn't really know anybody that was into it, but my husband was, so he really got me excited about it. Um, we were going to go to universal for our honeymoon. So then I really like tried to read up on it and then I just fell in love with it. And I was like, dang, I wish, I wish this was around like in my life way before it was. It just, it's just such an amazing story. Like everyone that's like, I read the books when I, they first came out. Now I'm like, dang, I'm really jealous. Like I wish I had it growing up. It would have helped me a lot. So you said about six years that you've been involved So how do you go from finding the Harry Potter series or reading and watching and within six years, fully dived in, fully part of the community, regular visitor of the parks? Um, I only really went headfirst into it about two years ago when I moved to Florida. Um, I was, I visited um, Disney since I was little and um, that was like our yearly vacation and we used to go to universal when I was little too, but then not so we didn't go so much. And I really, really wanted to go. It looked like something I'd enjoy. So when we moved down here, my husband and I got um, annual passes and then that was it. That was it. Once I walked in Diagon Alley the first time I was like, this is it. I'm done. (laughs) It's just um, so immersive. And the minute you walk in, I haven't, talk to anybody that walked in that wasn't amazed, even if they weren't like big fans of it. So where did you move from? Now I'm curious. Um, I lived a few places. I grew up in Las Vegas and I, when I was about 20, I moved to North Carolina and I moved from North Carolina to Florida about two years ago. 
Where in North Carolina? Um, I lived in Kannapolis. You know where that is. Yeah. I played soccer. I've played soccer basically in every town as big as Charlotte, as small as Welcome, you know, across the state at one point in my life. Um, That was back when it didn't hurt to just, you know, walk up a single flight of stairs and I didn't ache getting out of bed every day, but boy, do I digress. (laughs) What did Harry Potter mean to you? Uh, And not necessarily any lessons from the books or things like that, but what I find fascinating, just listening to your story briefly is you really got into the series and, and by all means, you know, I'm going to put words in your mouth here so you can, you know, you can correct the record however you see fit, but you got into this series largely off the back of, of your partner, of your, of your, you know, now husband. So what did it mean to you kind of through the lens of being able to enjoy something that someone you love enjoys? And then fast forward to now where as a mom, what does Harry Potter mean to you? It was really nice to, connect with somebody and share love for something. Um, even something like Harry Potter. Like I know some people, um, they connect over sports or they connect, but it was really like the people I've dated before. We've, I just feel like I, like there are on one level. And then my, whenever I get into something, it's like all in like a hundred percent. And then it was, I never connected with anybody over something. So it was cool. Like we watched it together and um, I started reading the books and we talked about it and it was really nice to have that. Of course I've like way surpassed him in my love for it now, but I have a, um, an 11 year old and now I'm sharing that with him. And it, I mean, that's kind of what a lot of the books are about is the mother, you know, mother's love and protection and really getting to, enjoy that with him. And, um, I took him to the wand ceremony and it, man, it's just so fun. I'm trying to get my other, my other two are really little, so they're not quite into it yet, but it's just really nice. Even if it's not Harry Potter, just having something that you can all enjoy together. And, um, you know, even if it's watching movies, just to sit there and enjoy it and spend time together. And I think that's something that really brought me and my husband, like we really liked it. We've gone to the, um, the concerts together. I don't know. It's just a way to, we connected because neither one of us are really into sports and um, yeah, we went on our honeymoon and then we got to explore there and then we got season passes for um, our anniversary. So yeah, it's just something that through our relationship, we've just enjoyed together. What house is your husband in and are your children sorted? My husband's a Slytherin. Um, and it fits very, he's very ambitious and I'd say he's cunning, but I think they get a very bad rap in the books because almost all the Slytherins I know are very kind. And, um, but yeah, he's a Slytherin. My 11 year old, he got sorted into Hufflepuff, but he wants to be a Gryffindor really bad. And I was like, well, you, it says you get to choose. So if that's what you want to be. My, my other two, I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. Now my two-year-old, I think he's going to be one of the Slytherins that gives Slytherins bad raps. Like I can, like. <laughs> I feel like okay, wait, every wait, 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 two-year-old wait. is a Slytherin. Yeah, but what, is, what does that mean? Because 
Like, is he is he burning ants as a two year old? Is is he is he flashing Nazi iconic? Like, because Slytherin's he's a little bit of a bully two year old. Um, conniving even at two, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to watch you. He's a sneaky little thing. Also, to your 11-year-old, I mean, look, maybe ends up being a Gryffindor all well and good, but I think everybody, apart from the people who truly were, like, narcissistic and wanted to burn the world at 11, I think everybody who reads the series that first time wants to be a Gryffindor because it's the POV they can read the story through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, don't you want to be a Hufflepuff like your mom? And he's like, no. Oh, I'm like, uh, well, you're 11. I can see that. <laughs> also, well, no, but also, see, this is where my mom, I mean, my mom doesn't know the first thing about Harry Potter, mind you, but in a world where she did, she would say, screw you. You're the kid. I'm the mother. You do what I say, um, which I guess is very counterfactual to everything about a Hufflepuff, uh, which you are, but <laughs> insight into my childhood. My mom. Yeah. I, like I said, I liked other fandoms. Um, I just didn't know anybody that was into Harry Potter or I probably would have gotten into it sooner, but yeah, I was usually alone. What are some of your other fandoms? Um, I like Dr. Who a lot. Um, I still love the Merlin series. We need to be friends. I know. You're hitting all my favorite things right now. Love it so much. I like that like wholesome, like, like the British TV it just it's funny and it's quirky and it's just it's just fun to watch I agree with that statement so much <laughs> I'm on a rewatch of Doctor Who currently I just love it so much I was gonna go to Dragon Con like years ago dressed as the 11th doctor I had people that backed out on me womp womp but your Instagram which recently has undergone a name change it did has all the park content and you also offer tips and tricks what why do you enjoy like being able to do that and take the park pictures and also offer just other people that maybe haven't been the best way to do things and handle things um where did that start well actually it started a couple years ago i i started with just a sunshine state of mind because when i moved here i I thought I was going to like share like a bunch of Florida thing, like everything I was doing as I moved out here. Um, I was really, I've always struggled with anxiety and I thought maybe that would be kind of a way to transition here. And cause I, you know, it was just going to be me and our family. And, um, and then it just kind of started as a Disney account, which, which is okay. I met some amazing friends and like, after about a month moving here, I joined a mom's group. So I met friends through it, but it just, I don't know. I've archived a lot of it, archived a lot of it because I'm just like, it was okay. But that's what I used to look at like before I moved here and kind of lived through people. Like I couldn't go all the time, but it was really cool just to watch stories of people just walking through and it really brightened my day, especially when I was at home. So, you know, I felt like maybe that's would help somebody else. And I was getting tons of messages 
about people asking me different things, like different tips or what would you do? I've never been universal. Where do I start? And I was like, and I just would like type out these long, long, long things. And I was like, I just need to like make posts with these and save them. And then people would be able to see it that way instead of like individually typing them out. And I mean, people like the first couple I did, they just blew up and I was like, Oh, okay. People are really interested in, you know, have questions. So then I would ask like what kind of questions people have and it's really fun. And I've had a couple people like go and then um, send me a message that they went and they read my stuff and they used tips that I put out there and they had a great vacation. It just makes me all warm and fuzzy inside that, that I was able to help people have an amazing time because they didn't know what to expect. Yeah, it's funny for me, I think, because like I remember meeting you and getting to know you and like no, dis- I don't mean this disrespectfully at all, but like you were just like another amazing Harry Potter person, right? I didn't, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention, mind you, but I didn't think, oh my God, like Susan has this massive account. Yeah. And now you fast forward a couple of years and I mean, the, the content's always been great. Don't get me wrong. I think mean, your content's been top notch since the day I first kind of, you know, got to know you and, and started following you. But now you've got like a pretty decent sized account and you've got a good following and a good community that you've curated um, which is just wild to me. And I, I it just, it, it's wild to me, I guess, because like, for example, you know, we, Danny and I, this podcast has been friends with Katie Ani, the Harry Potter fan for a couple of years now. Yeah. Katie's always been big. That's like the only way we've known Katie, yeah. right? Brandy, Simply Potter Girl has always been big. We've always known Brandy that way. And, and you haven't changed. This isn't like a, how have you changed yeah. since you got big, but it just, to see the progression happen yeah. over time on social media has been just really cool to watch. And and as I try to point out as often as I remember to on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok too, um, I, I love your content. It is you. whether you are someone, as you said, who's looking to go to the parks and doesn't know where to go, what to do, how to make the most out of their time. Or if you're someone like me who is stuck where it's apparently been snowing all damn day in Connecticut and I can't get to the parks um, I just love being transported into the world for a couple hours through your, through your content. Thank you. I think, um, a lot of it too, is a confidence thing. Like when I first started, I wasn't very confident with it. And now I just put what I love out there and I don't worry about what it is. Obviously I try to put my best stuff out there, but I don't really listen to the noise or the followers and don't worry about that. And I just really put, I'm pretty confident with what I'm putting out right now. And it doesn't matter if I have, I'm very grateful for the six, almost 6,000, but I don't need, like, I'm not one of those people. Oh, I'm almost, I need to get to 10. I need to get to 15. I need to get to 20. If I can, like you just said, make you or any two people happy because I'm posting stories at the parks or if I can help one family have a really good trip because I put tips on there, then I feel like I've succeeded in what I want to do. I don't know if you'll necessarily have an answer for this. I don't know if it's a tangibly like answerable question, but given that you said that you have dealt with anxiety before and that you weren't, 
as confident kind of with social media at first. How do you get to that point that you just talked about right there, right? Where you're confident in what you're posting, you're posting things you're passionate about. Like, as uh, you know, this is not meant to be a Stephen therapy session, but you know, as someone who, who in a different way than you would imagine, but still a similar concept struggles with a fair amount of anxiety and, and image and confidence, and all that stuff. I don't have an, I, you know, I, I certainly don't have that figured out. And I think that's evident in the fact that my content, if we're using that as the sole example of how <laughs> my anxiety is kind of funneled is just all over the place and generally mediocre. Um, yeah. How, how, how have you gotten to that point now where like you're just, again, the success comes with, I think the happiness and, and all of that, but how do you get to that point of happiness and confidence? Um, I guess just nice messages. Like, like I pinned a couple of the comments that you've put on my page. Um, and it's just things like that and making friends. i still deal with anxiety really bad. It's not something I really talk about, but there's some days where I even have to like psych myself up before I go. And I'm like, okay, there, um, a couple years ago, I wouldn't even drive anywhere by myself. I had to have somebody go with me. My anxiety was so bad. And now I'm just driving down I-4 to go walk around in the parks by myself. And I feel like maybe even that, you know, just that getting away from something that was holding me back so badly. So now it's kind of freeing. So that's a confidence in it. Not maybe not even necessarily what I'm posting, but man, just getting to walk around somewhere like alone and not have like this weight, like and nervousness and even be able to just get there by myself. is just a step for me, but um, it's definitely comments like yours that have helped. And like I said, people messaging me and, you know, Oh, thank you. That really helped. And just little things like that have just, help me so much. But yeah, I definitely still am very anxious. And so it's really an outlet for me too to kind of help with that. You know, it's funny as you said it, or as you said that that ability just to walk around by yourself and kind of not feel that weight and you know burdening you just walk around the parks. I tend to to block out in my head a lot of my 18 months living in Florida because they weren't my happiest of times. But you saying that just immediately brought me back to, I used to go to the parks, you know, two, three times a month mm-hmm. on the weekends because for, you know, cause I was, I was in Tampa. So I was, you know, again, I four for, for an hour, hour, 10 minutes. I'm right there. That ability just to walk around the parks and not really care for a couple hours and not have to think about anything else for a couple hours was incredible. was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, yeah, boy, that one kind of struck me in the in the in the feeling bone. Um, I'm curious, as as a park guru, if you will, uh, where are your favorite spots? Uh, both, I guess, within the Wizarding World, but then more largely across Universal. I actually mentioned this on a post. Was it yesterday? One of my absolute favorite things to do, and it's so simple, is I just like to go into Diagon Alley and get a butter beer or anything, and then go back out to Grimwall place and sit at the stoop on like 15, you know, not, I'm not going to go sit at 12, but I, I like to like sit at 15 and just watch people. I like to just watch people have fun and like knock on the door to 12 and look up and um, you can watch them at the night bus and 
I just like to sit and people watch and watch people have a good time. It's just, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. For the rest of Universal, um, I like the Jurassic Park area too. I really like, I'm excited for the new roller coaster too. Let's just put that in there. Um, but yeah, I like to just people watch and take videos and it's just fun to me. I just like to walk around. Some days I go and I don't even ride a single thing. I just walk around. I think Stephen and I can both relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> we've both done that. So another thing you mentioned, and Stephen mentioned also, and I also do it, is that we all go to park solo occasionally. Mm-hmm. And for me, more often than not, I end up going solo. <laughs> but I see so many people who either one are like afraid to go solo or like don't I don't know like I, the, one of the biggest questions I always see is like how do, how do you go why do you travel and do things solo like for the and I see it at the parks too like in some of the groups they're like is someone going I want to go to the park but I have no one to go with what would you say to the people that like want to go solo but are kind of nervous to do it honestly it's gonna sound just so just do it just once you just do it one time you'll probably be hooked on it and you and when people are like do you want to go you'll be like oh <laughs> <laughs> I just it's so much fun you don't have to like worry about if what other people it sounds kind of selfish what other people you don't have to worry about their agenda too it's just relaxing and it, that sounds funny to say about a theme park, but it is. Solo trips are very relaxing. I agree. There's no balancing of yeah. There's no balancing of other people's schedules, and yeah, I think have- people just assume they need to be with someone because it's an amusement park. Yeah. No, you definitely don't. I just go grab an ice cream and walk around. Well, I guess you can't right now, but when you can, <laughs> when you can, grab an ice cream and just walk around and look at things and explore. There's so much that you don't notice because you're trying to get from point A to point B. But if you, there's so much detail and not just in the wizarding world, if you just walk around, there's just so much to see. And as much as I go, I always find like new things. I also love going alone because you get through the lines so much damn quicker going single rider, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the experience of the elevate the elevator in quotation marks at the Escape from Gringotts, and waiting in that horrifically hot line in that back area in that like pseudo outdoor queue. Um, all well and good, but if I can skip all of that and just stand on that single rider stairwell while they yeah. wait for an odd group to come through, oh, yeah. gladly, mm-hmm. uh, like absolutely gladly. But on that, if you go solo and you have never been before, you should go through the lines if the line is decent. Like, have that experience and then hit the single rider lines. And I used to be like, oh, people are going to see me eating by myself. And now, it, it after you go one or two times, you won't have, you won't worry about that anymore. It, it's so, it's fun. If you can go on a solo trip, I, you should do it once. So I know we are a Harry Potter podcast. But you are also a Disney fan, so we're not going to ignore that. We're a Harry Potter podcast? Oh, Jesus. Oh, you better take- here I was talking about mortuary services for the past year. 
<laughs> wow. Oh God. Okay. Um, all right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll read this Harry Potter thing. I think there's like a couple movies or something too. I'll watch those and you should I'll probably invest in the posters. They'd look I'll, good in your apartment. I'll come to the next yeah, one prepared to talk about this, one. this Henry, Henry powder thing. What was your intro from? Oh boy. I just I would have <laughs> had to really put the explicit content warning on this one. If I said what I was thinking, uh, let's just move on. Let's talk about Disney. Shall we, Danny? Sure. So are you still going to Disney a lot? I noticed like a lot of your content seems to be universal lately. I do still go. I'm actually a writer, um, a freelance writer. And um, I I go to the park. Well, my husband's had surgery, so I haven't been going as often. But um, I would go two times a week to get um, photos and write up the latest happenings over there. So I do frequent it probably just as much. I actually oh. have to pass Disney to get to Universal because I'm south of. Okay. See, I'm the opposite. I pass Universal to get to Disney. Um, yeah, I have to pass everything. And I'm like, oh, finally. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way home is when it really kills you. The way out, like whatever. You, <laughs> yeah. You, a, you can time it somewhat decently. There's that like 10 a.m. line of demarcation mm-hmm. where I-4 is not bad before, but afterwards the parking lot. But like whatever. I can live with that. It's on the way home when you're yeah. – hot and tired and mm-hmm. in my case having consumed way too much sugar from from uh honey dukes yeah and you just want to get home and yeah. take off your khaki shorts and have a shower mm-hmm. and instead you're sitting there in either a torrential rainstorm and or traffic and or some combination of the two and all these wonderful, wonderful people, but stupid Disney people are just flooding I-4. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would much rather, I mean, look, I don't want to live where Danny lives because it's mainly like you know, octogenarians. But uh, I would much rather go Danny's route than have to go mm-hmm. out towards uh, towards the West Coast. The sugar high I was on the last time I drove up from Disney because I decided cotton candy was in my future bad choice as the driving home snack lesson learned do you have a favorite disney park you like to frequent um, no it really changes um i get asked that a lot um magic kingdom probably has the most but i wouldn't say it's my favorite it just depends on my mood which park i like that makes sense. And then do you have any favorite spots in Disney since you have some in Universal that are, and unfortunately right now it's closed, but it can't be the people mover. That's just, they need to just open that. You know, it's favorite ride. Fix a people mover. They need to open it back up and they need to make it go through the whole park so I can just people watch all day. They, yeah, that'd be amazing. That's all I want. That'd be amazing. They need to do that. You need to call somebody. Just yeah. people mover the whole place. Steven has. It. I'm like, dang, that needs to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's all I want is I want the people mover just to go Good through though. the entire park. I changed my answer. I have a favorite park. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, when is the. Have you. I know the last park you went to was Hollywood Studios. Because you did Toy Story with your parents. Yes, Before I you did. left Tampa. Yeah, Is that the last time you went to Disney? 
Yeah, that's the last time I saw some of those at Disney World would have been like winter of 2018. So you don't really have any reference point beyond that for any of the other Disney parks, do you? I mean, look, I went to Walt Disney World about, no exaggeration, probably like 15, 16 times as a kid. Okay. Um, so it's been a hot minute. And I went to Epcot a, a, a couple times living in Tampa. Um, but yeah, I haven't been to Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom up until I went to Hollywood Studios. I hadn't been to the old MGM studio. Like I hadn't been to Walt Disney World to any real extent since I was a kid. Like I have vivid memories. I was actually talking with my dad about this the other week. I have vivid memories. <laughs> there was one time we were visiting my grandparents down in Boca. Um, and I apparently was being such a uh, not ideal child. I think I was right around probably like five or six years old that has, my mom has that literally. Changed? Okay. You know what? Uh my mom literally told my dad, get him out of here. So my dad just drove me to Disney World for a couple of days. So I have vivid memories from this trip, but just my dad and I, we stayed at the Contemporary. And I distinctly recall, and again, I have not been in this hotel since like 1999, somewhere in there. I distinctly recall having a Mickey Belgian waffle in the restaurant that's in the center of the lobby, right near the the, the, the thingamajigger. Um Anywho, yeah, I haven't been to, to Walt Disney World proper in a hot minute. It's definitely a different, well, I don't want to say anything and make people mad. It's definitely a different crowd, though. No, say it, say it. Well, you, don't, you don't have to say it in a way that's necessarily offensive, but what, what do you mean it's a different crowd? There's a, a lot of people that vacation there, I feel like they're a lot more like high-strung. I don't know if it's that they feel like they have to get everything in in one trip. And there's a lot. I mean, there's four parks worth of stuff. But there's a, yeah, there's a lot more people there. I feel like people that go to Disney tend to have an agenda. Yeah. Versus when they're at Universal, like the Harry Potter people mostly spend their time in the Harry Potter parks. It's mm-hmm. rare to, yeah, to venture out. Well, wouldn't you argue right there and then that? The agenda is for Harry Potter people to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yes, but you're not trying to fit in every single ride in a certain area because it's a limited amount of rides. But like at Disney, you want to get the right fast passes. You want to get at the right time. You want to be able to experience every single thing. Whereas Universal, you can do both parks, all of them, and ride all the rides if you go the right season in one day. Before everything hit, like you really had to plan for a Disney vacation like six months in advance because if you didn't book, if you didn't figure out where you wanted to eat and book that six months in advance, like you weren't going to eat there. And um, I, I think people are still feel that when they end up going, it's like we have to go here, here, here because it's all planned out. And that's funny because when people message me and they're like, I'm a Disney person and we're going to go to Universal. And I was like, this is then then you're gonna have a great time because you don't have to plan anything. Another thing you need to plan is what food you're gonna eat. So yeah. here's a great question. That's actually a great transition into the question I want to ask. Give me your ideal day of food, both at Disney and at Universal. Start to finish. Like if if you're at the park from you know opening gate to closing gate, what are you eating throughout the day at both? Oh man. 
Universal is probably easier because I. Um, and let me say for the Disney side, you can suspend all logistical concerns. Like you could have breakfast from something in Animal Kingdom and then have like a snack an hour later from Magic Kingdom. I don't care. Like we, we can suspend disbelief there. My favorite. Okay, let's start. I can start at Disney. My favorite breakfast would probably be the cinnamon roll at Gaston's Tavern. It's amazing. So that would be first. My favorite. Most of my favorites are in Magic Kingdom. Um, I really like Pecos Bill for lunch. I know people hate on it, but they used to have a taco bar. And listen, I have three kids. So you can get like your one kid's meal and like fill up on stuff from the taco bar and feed those kids. (laughs) Sounds horrible. But you get a lot more there. Plus you get like rice bowls and stuff. Um, snacks. There's a lot of snacks. Yeah. If there's an Epcot festival, everything's like out the window. <laughs> See, we only ask the hard hitting questions here. Chris. I know there's no so softballs. No softballs. No I'm trying to think of my favorites. Oh, my favorite snack is at Epcot. The um, it's an ice cream. Is it a macaroon macaron? The French one. The French one, not the, the delicious French. coconut treat you get at the Jersey yeah. Shore. Yeah, it's an ice cream sandwich made with two big mac macarons. Is that what you mm-hmm. have? Well, look, Americans kind of just say it macaroon because okay. we have no sense of culture. Um, but uh, macaron. Yeah. It's strawberries and cream. Oh god. That sounds delicious. My favorite. Oh, that's god. going on my list. It needs to. Out, out of everything, that's my favorite park snack there. And dinner, my dinner there would be hmm. dang, there's just so much to choose from over there. There is. I've been on a mission to try all the Disney foods. Um, Danny, you're going to get diabetes if you try that. <laughs> There's a lot. If you try every Disney food, that's a well, lot. Well, I mean more like Disney restaurants. Okay, that's okay. I don't Let's need to say, go. Like, I have my if favorite If you're snacks. having a churro, a Dole Whip, a Mickey Don't get churros. Thing, like, don't yeah. get a churro. No, for one, I'm not going to go with a basic churro when I can get my waffle Danny, from Sleepy Danny, Hollow. Danny, your words were just, I want to try every Disney food. Here I am naming Disney foods. Don't start throwing caveats at me. Sorry. I sent you a picture of my normal breakfast. So that, that puts good. everything. Um, Yak and Yeti might be my favorite. Sit down. My mom's That's favorite too. It's and good. it's so funny because it's like, it's really good, but it's very basic. Like it's low main. Yeah. Like. Yeah, because I just get like a when they have like a steam basket full of stuff, it's really good. Okay, from the universal side, see the complicating factor for me is well, not the complicating factor, but you know, in park versus city walk. Because I mean, like it's not that big of a deal, it's pretty close. It's not like you have to, you know, go horribly out of your way necessarily. Um, but I will always get breakfast and not touch the blood sausage from 
the Wizarding World from Leaky Cauldron or Three Broomsticks. Very happy with that. Um, you put a frozen butter beer in my hand at any point in the day, any time of the year, I will be a happy man as a snack. I lunch. Danny, what do I get for lunch? Mm-hmm. Well, I normally like, for breakfast, you have ice cream now. Well, normally for breakfast, that's fair. Normally yeah. for breakfast, I have ice cream. I do like for lunch. Yeah, it's it's good. It is. Um, I like that Italian place over yeah, on the studio side. Um, that little place that, where they have the pasta and the, the greasy oh, pizza. Really? Look, it's not, I'm not saying it's high quality, but it's like relatively inexpensive as far as theme park food goes. You get a large amount of it. And when you're a large person like I do, you need a lot of food to keep the, the motor going all day. You need to go to um, the one in Jurassic Park. Um, the Thunder Terrace Falls. Why? Because they have, um, I got, it was a side and it was a huge side. It was like three forty nine, dollars and it was just rice and beans. Obviously you can get other things, but three forty nine, dollars and it fed me and I brought my little one that day, but like I was full. And as far as theme park food goes to feed, to eat for three forty nine. dollars I think if I were to bring a family, oh God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. If I were to bring a family, like not a family, my family, which I don't have, but you know, if I had one, one. Oh, uh, okay. and I were trying to really maximize my food per dollar kind of ratio, I would get one of those massive turkey legs, and, ha- and I like I would just hold it in front of all of us and just have all of us nibble off of it at the same time, like one big family adventure. I think that's what I would do. So gross. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good at all. It's like um, a, you know, it isn't even a turkey. No, it. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know. It's fine. We don't need to get into it. Uh, but it's not very good. Um, I also, if we're talking in, in park. In park's hard because I feel like Universal doesn't have the best. No. Of, no. I don't eat anything on the I, island. They need to step up their food game and then they'll be yeah. Like, honestly, I if I have a vehicle, I usually drive up to Disney Springs for dinners if I'm at the parks. I don't eat anything on the Islands of Adventure side, do I? I don't think so. You need to go eat at that one. Not outside the Wizarding World. I don't think we've ever stopped anywhere. No. On the studio yeah. side, again, I'll have that mediocre plate of pasta. I've never had that burger place right there in the Jaws area. I've been in there for, it's the, it looks like a 1950s. No, I haven't eaten there either. My friend said it wasn't the best, so I haven't tried it. I no, Danny, not the 1950s place. No, no, no not Danny. that one, but it like has that vibe when you walk in. It's the not place no. right across from the bathrooms. Like outside yeah, the it's next to the candy store. I've gone in there just for a drink. That's oh, all. Okay. Um, then there's the 1950s diner, which, uh, you know, cheap burgers, whatever. But one of my defining experiences there is I was having lunch with my dad. I think I forget it was somebody right up against one of the windows and all of a sudden freaking Beetlejuice. And I don't do scary. Let's be clear. I don't do scary. (laughs) That's an important point. All of a sudden Beetlejuice just starts wrapping on the window and puts his face in it. (laughs) Damn near got ketchup everywhere. I was so terrified. (laughs) I do. I'll wrap up on this point about the food outside the park. I love Antihitos. 
with mm-hmm. a passion. Yes. Uh, big fan of cowfish. Uh, not like, it, in my mind, Antihito is a superior to cowfish. Like, and there's a pretty sizable gap there. Yeah. But I like cowfish. Um, that's really it. I look toothsome. I haven't it. tried toothsome. Because my thing is, if I'm going to get all that sugary crap, I'm going to get it from inside. I'm going to get it from Dukes. Yeah. Like, I don't, like a fancy milkshake, great, awesome, but I'd rather have butterbeer fudge. Yeah, I got one of those milkshakes. I think it's more hype. Like, people get it because it looks good on pictures. It's a good Instagrammer. It and it doesn't taste very good. I got the cookie one, and I was like, I didn't even finish it. I was like, hmm. What is your favorite version of butterbeer? My favorite is the cold. Oh, the regular no. cold? I like hot butterbeer, but if that's not available, I like regular. Regular, just like the soda one? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to – I'm a monster. I don't want to sit there forever. And Wait, I but, like, you up. have, like, a very discerning, like, baked goods palette. Like, you have an appreciation for... I know. I like cold. I know. I like the regular butterbeer. My oh friends said I'm a monster. I know. I, I don't know. I feel like you can taste it better. You might be the first person... And, and only a little bit of judgment for the fact that you're choosing it. But I'm more marveled at the concept of... I think of every person I've met who's been to the Wizarding World, I honest to goodness don't think I've met someone who said that's their favorite. This is a moment... <laughs> now okay if hot's in season i do like the hot better but if oh, it's not yeah. if it's between frozen and regular i like the regular well the hot is so good the hot reminds me so of like a good like caramel brulee latte from like starbucks or something oh good yeah i agree i had my first hot butter beer about a year ago and then they take it away and it's just sadness it is i'm just <laughs> I'm just realizing as we're having this conversation, I could ask kind of nonsensical lacking point questions about the wisdom world for another like four hours because it's now been a calendar year since I've been to the park this week. That's when we met. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Wow. I just showed up to that and I was like, I didn't know. Like I kind of, followed brandy but i didn't really know her but i she's like oh you should come and i was like okay and then i was like and then i just showed up by myself that's how i started going to celebrations (laughs) is i was like i'm turning 30 i deserve a harry potter trip that i want showed up by myself met brandy the next year i met this kid so yeah, Good things happen when you go to things by yourself. I was going to say, and you couldn't have been any luckier for that happening. I know. That was the highlight of my moving here. Right? Like, Danny, you could have met anybody. And I Instead, you. you were so fortunate. You were so overwhelmingly um, graced with the opportunity to meet the man who became Muggle and Khakis. I knew him before he was the he Muggle. He knew me before the hype. Oh, I met you during the hype. Yeah. Wow. 
to think back then I was just a wee young lad in khakis. Still in khakis, but <laughs> that hasn't not changed. not branded. And now it's uh, now it's the thing that makes me millions of dollars each year. <laughs> we need to know your secrets. Yeah, I was going to say my secret is a lucrative sponsorship with my favorite companies, but I'm pretty sure Brooks Brothers filed for bankruptcy last year. So um, I, that's just not true. Um, yeah. Well, here, then here's, here's a good question to wrap up on the parks. As 2021 progresses, and certainly hopefully that means that there's a uh, increased inoculation of the population with the vaccine, which leads to the park starting to feel like normal again. But irrespective of kind of that curve, how do you feel about going to the parks and the way that Universal has, and I guess Disney too, um, how the par- how the different companies have uh, mitigated uh, COVID uh, w- within the gates? Oh, man. Um I know when it first opened up, I was really amazed with how well they did. I mean, I still am. I just feel like there's a there's obviously a lot more people going. And I know people have seen pictures of it, especially during the holidays. Like, I stayed away. It was just so packed. So, I don't know. If everyone did their part and wore masks correctly, Universal's done what they can. And they've done a very good job. And they're always cleaning and you know, they, with what they're given, they've done an amazing job. Disney too. Um, now it's just up to people to like wear their masks, right? Which is really annoying when people don't, but it's a whole other thing, but I think they've done a great job and I see more people wearing masks correctly there than I know people say it all the time. Then like I went to Walmart the other day for the first time since all this, like I've been to the theme parks, but I haven't like been to Walmart or like grocery shopping. And I was just like appalled. Like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? But I think they don't. Now, they haven't done like the reservation system that Disney does. And that has its pros and its cons too. But Disney got rid of a lot of their entertainment. And I, okay. And the one thing I love that Universal does that Disney doesn't is their performers have masks. Like you go meet Scooby-Doo and his gang and everyone's wearing masks. And Spider-Man and them for a while, they were wearing masks. Wait, is Squidward wearing a mask? No, but he's like a fake. Like, he has a fake hat. Oh, but I, th- I thought that's what you were saying. I thought you were saying even, like, the mascot characters. Are he was thinking actually Scooby-Doo and not the gang not of Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Just the gang, but... Okay, well, that's unfortunate. I, I love the visual of Squidward on the float, like, dabbing in a mask. Yeah, but, like, the um, the night bus... Um, Drive guy he has a mask and disney they have like all their princesses out and they're like their little parade thing and no they don't have them but it's like i bet a kid would be like oh i want to wear a mask because my favorite princess is wearing a mask yeah that probably goes see i agree i want to say i agree 100 percent with your point Mm -hmm. i'm i'm guessing from disney's point of view there's like the a mask kind of makes you for like makes you remember that you're in the real world and not in this like fantastical right it it takes away from the from the magical moment Mm -hmm. um which is dumb because well i would rather people 
follow public health guidelines, then yeah. forget that they're at Disney World, despite the fact that they're surrounded by all the beauty and magic of Disney. Anywho, that's fascinating. I mean, that's what we're in right now. Yeah. So it's like, I, yeah, would, well. I, I don't know. I like that Universal has it like that. Yeah. Wear your mask. Yeah. yeah, look, wear your mask, people. <laughs> I even if you don't really believe in all of this stuff, which I don't understand how you don't, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. What harm does it do? The most harm that comes from me wearing a mask is that my glasses get fogged up and I get all pissy when I'm trying to read something out in public because my glasses get fogged up. That's I- it. I might be the majority, minority here, the minority, but I liked it during the summer because <laughs> it hid my sweaty face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, pictures look way better because my face isn't red and sweaty and disgusting. I might keep it in style. You can coordinate. There's so many options. There are so many options. But that's actually... <laughs> Boy, this is becoming a public health podcast. That's going to be a really fascinating kind of after effect to watch of the pandemic. Because I remember going through airports as a kid when even you know, even when SARS was the, the prime example, even when SARS wasn't like actively occurring, I still remember seeing a lot of predominantly Asian travelers wearing masks around airports. Yeah. As like a preventative measure, not for anything in particular, but just generally speaking. So like I'll, how I'll be going to take to feel comfortable to not wear one. Yeah. And like, even once the pandemic is over, whatever over means, I'll be curious to see how many people still wear masks in large public gatherings like parks or airports like that. Um, yeah. That'll be fascinating to watch. It's definitely made you think, cause now I even look at like old pictures and I'm like, Oh gosh. There's a lot of, like, you're, even, like, last year's, like, fireworks stuff, and you're like, oh, gosh, look at all those people, like, huddled together. Like, even watching old TV shows that happens, I'm like, oh, look how close they are. (laughs) Danny, what's an old TV show for you? Like, Judy Garland and John Wayne, or? No. Currently, I am re-watching Criminal Minds. I don't know what that is. I'm watching The Good Place. Have you seen that? I've heard of that. Is that a CBS show? I don't know. I'm watching it on Netflix, but it's okay. a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. I haven't watched it. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't watched that one. So do we want to head into random Harry Potter questions? Random Harry Potter question number one, Susan. Yes. In a world where HBO Max and Warner Media decide to make more Harry Potter content, what would be your top two, uh, I'll say storylines, plot lines that you'd like been, to see? I've been talking about this for two days. I want, yeah. I want a Marauders era, but I don't necessarily want like the four of them. I would love to see um, a storyline. I guess Sirius could be in it, but I'd love to see his brother Regulus, and I'd love to see, you know, what he went through because he you know, him being home after Sirius left. I'd love to see what he went through and what led him to become the Death Eater and then ultimately leave. That would be an amazing show to watch, I think. 
and maybe that side of it, not necessarily like, you know, the good guys again, though they were kind of mean, but not necessarily the Marauders area era about them, but the other side of it. I believe he asked for two because he wants to hear more answers. Mm-hmm. This has been the question he's been saving for this new season of the podcast. Is there like, I wonder what he, um, I don't want to see like a redo. I know I don't want to see that. Why? Why? How come? I don't Cause we've, I mean, yeah, they could add to it, but we've seen it. I want something new. I want something that we haven't seen. I mean, they could add all day cause the books are so large, but ultimately it'd still be the same characters and the same end goal. I'd like to see something different. Even if I know a lot of people, so they don't want to see like the next generation, but if they did it right, I guess, but I'm still stuck on the Marauders one. That's my vote. What's your vote, Stephen? I can't share because I made this promise to myself last night is eventually I want to do an entire episode where I do nothing but spend like an hour, hour and a half theorizing and drawing out plot lines. And I know if I get into it here and now, I'm just going to do that here and now. Um, So from a content planning perspective, I have to kind of save my ammo for a little while. What do you not want to see? The only thing I don't want to see... I think I don't, I say this as more of a, a a think statement than a no statement. I think I don't want to see portrayals of the golden trio throughout the normal Canon kind of like seven years again. Yeah. Right. Like I, I want to preserve the images and the visuals in my head of Radcliffe, Grint, and Watson as the Golden Trio at that age. Yeah. I'm fine seeing different actors portray them as adults Mm -hmm. if that's what it comes to. Yeah. Um, Granted, I imagine if they were doing a series with them as adults, they would throw endless amounts of money at the original actors to reprise the roles, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But the one thing I feel pretty strongly about is, well, I am incredibly happy to revisit the timeline of the original seven books, I don't want to see other actors portraying the golden trio at those ages. What about you, Danny? Same. Steven and I have discussed this a lot, so I don't want to, I want, I'm kind of in the same. Um, I don't, no, if I want to read, I like question the whole remake thing. Cause if it's like episodic, like game of Thrones, like, do I want that? Do I want the long form version? Yeah. But I know I'm going to also be judgmental on a long form version. So I don't know if I want that or not. No, I want something new. If they're going to do it, I want something mm-hmm. that different. That we- One, I will say, because I have hinted at this in the past in regards to books, I want year seven from Neville. Oh my gosh, that'd be so good. That's just, I, I just, I want to know what happened when the golden trio was out on their adventure in book seven. I want to know what's happening at Hogwarts. 
Like, how did they end up breaking in trying to seal the sword? I want that story. So. All right. If you could add any class to Hogwarts curriculum, what would it be? Um, can we get um, Brad Bakes to do a cooking class? Look, that's outstanding, but the answer here has to be like math or like, <laughs> or like literacy. Brad can teach fractions while cooking wow. at Hogwarts. Because look, at no point, or also maybe like just a class on basic hygiene, because at no point are we informed that they learn how to read. And at no point do we know that Harry's ever taken a shower. He takes one bath with his golden egg in Goblet of Fire. And other than that, there's never like a throwaway line, like Harry headed up to the dorms to go shower and go off to bed. Like, Harry is gross at this point. <laughs> On the reading thing, they're 11. They need to be knowing how to read by now. But but who, but who teaches them how? Well, he went to school and I'm... Well, I'm sure, muggles so, all went to school. The muggle-born students, yeah. fair enough. But anyone who grew up in a magical family... Think about, but think about it because you could say their parents taught them, but their we parents presumably went to Hogwarts. They didn't learn like English literature either. So it's just a cycle that goes back to the founders where at no point did anyone learn how to read like basic lit. I'm also wondering like the pain that the teachers went through trying to read their handwriting with quills when half of them were probably like homeschooled taught. Like they're the handwriting in that school is probably atrocious. But again, how do they know how to write coherent English words when they were never taught to read them in the first, I, I don't understand. There's the, the yeah. second you start thinking about that one more, it unravels just, and unravels yeah. and you just keep going. Um, that said, Brad teaching a cooking class. I mean, they have uh, to learn how to like at least fend for themselves in some way. They might as well know how to feed themselves. Yeah, that would be really cool. Absolutely. It's kind of surprising there isn't like a cooking or baking class. Yeah. Like, because I mean, don't get me wrong, I think as anyone who follows any of my social content knows, I think cooking is an incredibly useful skill and art. Um, but that feels like the type of class that Hogwarts would have because yeah. it's not like a core skill that you need the way you need math or, or like, you know, language. Um, yeah. But it's it's the exact type of like, we think this is super valuable, even though it's not really a career you can get because, yeah, it, it, that's like a very, that's a, a life, it's a life class. skill. Like that's a Hogwartsian class. Magic and cake. Well, let's finish out our questions with your favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite book, least favorite movie. My favorite book is Prisoner of Azkaban. My favorite movie. changes so much i will i'll go with and goblet of fire i'm just gonna i love the yule ball my least favorite book is probably the same as my least favorite movie i'm not a fan of chamber of secrets book or movie can that be my answer for both? <laughs> 
<laughs> Give me your answer for both. I feel like a lot of the times we tend to get that as a pairing. Yeah. Though I will say like Half-Blood Prince, if you're going by book, is a really bad movie. Yeah, it is. That said, I would also make the exact same argument about Goblet of Fire. Um, I know. It's nothing. I know. The Yule Ball is done rather brilliantly, although we don't get Roger and Fleur heading out to the bushes, which is just a classic scene. I I wonder if I like it so much because I saw it in concert and it was amazing. Mm. Those concerts are something else, I'll tell you. Because it kind of jumped up. You forget for a minute that you're listening to a live orchestra. You're just like watching the movie. And then you remember that there's like a 40 piece orchestra doing its thing. And then occasionally you get the choir in there also. Wait, where do you have a choir? In movie three, when they did it in concert, there's choir pieces that I never realized were in the movies until they started singing. It's just those little things like um, when they're going through Hogsmeade and they run it, they like knock over the choir. At least the in concert I saw, they had a choir singing. Yeah, I'm, at- I'm, think, I'm trying to think now. I don't think the one I saw had a live choir with it. Yeah, when I saw three, they had a live choir and they did like the double, double toil and trouble. Double, and, double, toil and trouble. And then they were singing like through Hogsmeade, like. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Ribbit. I could do the frog. <laughs> um, yeah, look, look, I love the Yule Ball scenes, despite the noted absence of Roger Davies getting it on in the bushes. But it is bold to say four is your favorite movie. I know, but I also like cold butter beer. So <laughs> that's, you know what? When you're right, you're right. <laughs> All right, so let's head into our favorite part, creator shout out. Oh, fuck me. I forgot again. God damn it. I do this every time. And you just start you sending your after three episodes, I would know that we end literally every one of the 53 with a creator shout out. But here we are a year and like three weeks into this. And I still have no idea about the core kind of flow of our own episodes. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I really at one point had thought you were searching, so I didn't say anything because I was like, oh, he's looking for his creator. Oh, someone else go first. I'll I'll figure one out. Susan, do you have any creator shout outs? My creator shout out, I'll shout out um, Miss Wizarding World. She's super sweet and she's always really helpful and like any questions or anything yeah she's really nice and she's got that cute baby now (laughs) i am going to shout out bobaton underscore diaries because if you want some bobaton content um tildy is the person that posts them but it's just it's literally like bobaton every day what it looks like it's a lot of fun I enjoy seeing that side of like what that perspective would look like. I'm sorry, Danny. What school? What school? I'm not going to say it because you're going to make fun of me. No, you have to say it with the accent. 
No, you have to say it with the accent. I, I don't have a French accent. Nor do I. But when you say it, you put it on because that's what they do in binge mode. And this <laughs> podcast is nothing if not a poor derivative of binge mode. So. Well, binge mode is like. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> that's the point. That's all I needed. I today am shouting out one underscore proud underscore Hufflepuff. Caroline, who is a UK-based Hufflepuff, who has some great photos if you do some scrolling here, um, both at the studio tour at Leaves Den, but also lots of just really great setups of like this magical blanket looking thing that just looks really cool with a bunch of Harry Potter merch and, and apparel and stuff kind of sat on it. So that is quite cool. And I am always here for content from the studio tour because... That is a place that I also have not been to now in one year. So I've never been. Yeah, it sucks this was to be supposed you, to be the it? year. Really sucks to be you. Mm-hmm. Um, Caroline, one proud Hufflepuff. Love it. Oh, there's some cool cupcakes. Did you make these cupcakes? Oh, I mean, the hand is kind of creepy coming out of them because, like, I don't do creepy. But for the listeners, October 25th, 2018, one proud Hufflepuff made some. Halloween scary looking cupcakes and they look very delicious minus the protruding hand. Um, So that's cool. I think I'm just hungry. I think that's the moral I'm getting out of today's episode is I am really hungry. I think we just need a baking class at Hogwarts. We really, ooh, ice cream. Hey, that's ice cream from the studio tour. Um, I'm not sure. We're just going to shout out Brad again because he's about to start book three. Well, I guess he's already started at this point. His book three concoctions have started. So if you have not followed him, go follow Brad Bates. He's incredibly, he is, Bradley is low key super sassy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he'll post, he'll have his captions that are like a little bit sarcastic and kind of witty. But if you get to know him, just one inch kind of below the surface. He is one of the sassiest people I've ever met. Like I'll post some photo, me grumbling about how people are like, you're wearing jeans, not khakis. Eh. And he'll message me and be like, so how come you are wearing jeans? And like, he is just, he's a funny dude. I love him. I'm just going to message you now and be like, why are you wearing jeans? <sighs> I walked into that one. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I walked into that one. That's fair. All right. So before we sign off, let's get your socials since you have recently changed to let people know where to find you. Simply Magical Susan. I couldn't remember if I just said Simply Magic, but I didn't. Simply Magical Susan. Um, Instagram. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, but it's basically just what I put on IGTV. Just so I have it in two spots. And then I have a blog and you can get all the tips I post out in blog form. And where's that blog? It's um, simply magical, Susan. You can look it up that way or it still can be looked up by just a sunshine state of mind. It's in my Instagram. If you need tips and stuff, it's all, I have it all written out in like separate posts. I'm in a sunshine state of mind. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. 
Doom, doom. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood. Hop a flight to Miami Beach or Hollywood. Do we have to pay for the rights to Billy Joel songs if I sing them on this podcast? I don't know, but weirdly enough, I am wearing the Billy Joel shirt I got when I was with you when we saw him. Yeah, that would be that would be funny as shit if all of a sudden we got like an invoice for like a couple hundred thousand dollars because I just terribly sang like a Billy Joel song at the back end of a podcast. Yeah, I'm sending you that bill. And I'm sending it right back to you. She's going to cut you out. Thank you for joining us today, Susan. It was great to have you on the pod. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, real talk. I say it once. I say it a million times. Your content brings me happiness. And I'm not somebody who finds happiness in everyday life that often uh, or that intensely for that matter. Um, But you do that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, if I can do that for you or one person is at home and it can make them happy or feel like they're there for even a couple minutes, then I feel like I succeeded. And that's our pod. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow.